Hello and welcome to AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. I'm your host, John S. Today we meet Kaylee P. from Freethinkers of Alcoholics Anonymous, Ireland. Kaylee shares her story and talks about starting a group in Ireland for agnostics, atheists, and freethinkers. There's a few interruptions while we're talking as we lose our connection, but that won't cause a problem. Freethinkers of Alcoholics Anonymous, Ireland. Thank you for joining us, Kaylee. How are you doing? Hi, John. Thanks a million for having me. How are you? I'm doing excellent and have been looking forward to talking to you um, after um, looking over your website, which I found pretty cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm no expert by any means. Oh, you did a really good job. <laughs> and you know, that's a good idea to do that. Um, we actually did that. I'm from Kansas City, and we actually um, started a website for our group before we started meeting. And it was really a good thing to do because it's a good way to let people know, hey, you know, there's a, there's some of us out here who want to start a you know a secular AA meeting, and people found us. Yeah, I think I think that was it. I I got a lot of um, advice, I suppose, from the groups that are already established. You know, um, that go online first and and try and get a community built up there because mm-hmm. you're more likely to get a meeting together once you have a few people of like mind, you know, so it was a great idea. Yeah, it really is. And and that's exactly right, too, because p- people will search for um, atheist in A or free thinker in A or agnostic in AA. Um, mm-hmm. That's how the, that's how they're going to find us, because they're not going to find us really from the regular meeting directories in Alcoholics Anonymous. A lot of, a lot of people it. go under the assumption that there is no room for us in AA, so... Well, unfortunately, that does seem to be the case. But um, yeah, I mean, luckily, uh, I was able to find it online. So it makes a lot of sense. The thing I like to always do here is uh, just uh, have a conversation based around someone's story and, and just kind of take it from there. So would you like to kind of just start by giving us a little bit of your background and, and when you, you know, first started having noticing a problem with drinking or drugging and, and just kind of go through your story a little bit? Okay, sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I didn't have a problem with drink for, for a long time. I wasn't really that interested in it. Um, I would have drank when I was a teenager and um, all the normal stuff, but I was really, you know, averse to drugs. I never wanted to try drugs. I was afraid of them, and I never did. Um, but drinking didn't bother me. You know, I could go months, and I'd have a couple of drinks at a party, and I never really enjoyed it. I wasn't one of these people who actually liked getting drunk. Um, and it, it, it kind of crept up on me out of nowhere. I think, um, I was married a few years and, um, it was just one of those things where we'd start having wine at home and all of a sudden it just, it was a problem. It was really, really random. Um, and it did, it definitely crept up. It was, it was a problem long before I realized it was a problem. Mm -hmm. And I think I've heard that a lot in the rooms as well. It, it, I didn't see it coming, um, in saying that, addiction is is big in my family, you know, um, not in my immediate family, but it's definitely there. But I just never, I was one of these people who never thought it would happen to me. Um, but I suppose I, I, I was cross-addicted. I was cross-addicted alcohol and prescription drugs. And a lot of the, um, a lot of the reasons why I, I used the particular drugs and, and the drink that I, I used was kind of to sedate myself. Um, so I was definitely attracted to anything that would make me just feel numb. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't one of these stimulant people. I I didn't want to be stimulated. I just wanted to switch off, you know, and that just became something that I couldn't, um, 
I couldn't do without, you know, any day. As soon as I got home, I had to just switch off. I had to literally turn my brain off and um, I I couldn't manage otherwise. So um, I think really what I, I, I suppose when I was, when I was a kid, uh, I got diagnosed with uh, chronic illness, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. It's one of those weird things that you don't think kids get, but Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately they do. And that came with physical pain, as you can imagine. Um, And it was a long time. It was about a decade of treatments not working or, you know, not really getting to, to any sort of solution to, so that I could live with. And there were periods where walking was impossible and there was periods where um, I just felt very different because I was in school and kids were playing sports and, you know, going out like normal people. And, and I really did. I, I was so restricted as a teenager. And I think that definitely affected my self-esteem. But um, I got to this point where I just decided that I didn't have it anymore. I mean, talk about insanity coming in early, but I, I decided that all the doctors were wrong and I didn't have it and I wasn't attending anybody anymore and I was just going to self-medicate. Um, and that's that's basically how it started. And it started mm-hmm. with, with non-addictive drugs, but it, it started with this obsession of as soon as I felt physical pain, I had to take something to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time, but eventually that did actually come into um uh addictive drugs and then um alcohol was a great help because that really numbed it you know yeah. I, I started started to really like the alcohol then and um yeah I mean it was just I was trying to keep up with everyone I was I was trying to hold down a job and um my husband's from overseas so we would travel a lot and I, I didn't want to hold him back mm-hmm. um so I would constantly just try and be okay and I would never tell anyone I was ill um, most people apart from my family didn't know there was anything wrong with me. Um, but that was because I had medicated myself so much that you wouldn't notice, you know, sure. but I was super functional, like crazy functional. It's, it's, it's insane. And I never understood that before I went to mm-hmm. AA that you can be a really functioning addict and, and for a long, long time, you know, yeah. that it takes a long time. And that was one of the things I was thinking, well, I'm holding down a job and all my bills are paid and, mm-hmm. you know, dinner was on the table. So what's really wrong with me having, a few drinks, a few sleeping tablets, a few painkillers, right. you know, and of course that's it. It just, the, the denial was pretty strong, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, it did come to a rock, a rock bottom and it was very, very quickly. Um, it, it was very swift at the end. Um, you know, within a month I had had to give up my job. Um, I was just drinking and drugging all day long. Um, and I, I wasn't able to function. It just very, very quickly went like that. Um, from functioning full time, 100% to just not even being able to get up in the morning without having a drink first. Um, that scared the life out of me. But at the same time, I didn't want to stop, you know, yeah. um, and, and, but it, that was the point where I couldn't hide it anymore, you know, because it was so obvious mm-hmm. and my husband was terrified. It was just the two of us. Um, and he didn't know what to do. We were really young, you know, and this was just terrifying. I was just gone. I wasn't even there anymore. Yeah. I was just physically there. I wasn't actually there. Right. And, uh, you know, blackouts all the time. You know, I can't remember most of that time. I have to depend on his memory to tell me what we, what we were doing, how mm-hmm. he was trying to come, make me come around when I fall over and smash my face in all that stuff. I'd wake up and go, what the hell happened? And, he he just couldn't understand why I didn't remember, but genuinely I just blacked out all the time. Yeah. Um but yeah, um eventually it got to the point where he told my parents and um they were shocked. They didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. I'm really close to them, but they didn't know anything right up until about three weeks before I got sober, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um and they genuinely didn't. That's how how uh well I hid it, I sure. suppose. But but I also had my husband sort of um helping me hide it. I guilted mm-hmm. him into it for a while. Um 
so when they found out, found out that was kind of it, that it, it went downhill. I, I, I kept going for a few weeks, but um, it, that was the, that was the, that was coming to the end. Then you know, and um, I suppose I just woke up one day and and uh, I knew looking at my husband's face that something had happened the night before. Um, oh, wow. I couldn't, I didn't know what it was, and I was going, oh God, what is this? Um, and apparently my parents had been there and crying and pleading wow. with me, and I don't remember this at all, and. I just, I don't know what it was that morning. I just, I, I was just devastated that they had seen me like that. And I was mm-hmm. devastated that yet again, I had no idea. I couldn't even defend myself because I couldn't remember what right. had happened. And that everybody was, was, was devastated for me and in full of fear, all, all to do with this. And I just thought, I can't stop. What am I going to do? Yeah. Um, and my husband said, look, my, your mum left this, um, number for a treatment center do you want to ring it and I just said yeah give it to me and that was it that was the start of it um that was basically it I had to stay nine days off everything before they take me which was hell but I did it I don't know what it was I just had enough um my husband took time off work and basically babysat me and I was all over the place coming down off everything but um yeah I got in I got in and that was the start of it um I was 27 at the time Mm -hmm. um that was 2014 and so far, I haven't looked back. You know, it's yeah. it's really just everything has changed. I, I I can't even explain what's changed, but everything has changed. You know, um, and I, I go to AA regularly. I did aftercare with the treatment center for two years, and and I, obviously I've done AA since I got out of treatment. Um, and and sort of built up a fellowship around me. Um, but yeah, that th- that's where I'm at today. You know, it's, okay. it, my recovery is sort of my first thing in the morning and last thing at night. How do you identify yourself from your own personal worldview as a free thinker, agnostic, atheist? And how, how does that, um, how do you deal with that in AA? Um, well, I, I have only recently been able to put it into words. And okay. um, I think when I went to the treatment center, it was, uh, it's, it's a treatment center run by two nuns. And okay. it was amazing because there was no um sort of higher power mm-hmm. uh god of your understanding pushed on you there i okay. never felt it. i never felt it there um i only felt it when i went to aa gotcha. and i was really surprised because i was thinking okay this is all right well fine whatever i've gone to catholic schools my whole life you know mm-hmm. i can i can swallow this and just get on with it you know mm-hmm. and um for a long time i just sort of was a little bit uncomfortable um, when anyone would share about me, step two, or mm-hmm. we were temporarily disconnected, and Kaylee was in the middle of talking about how she went to treatment in um, at a treatment center that's run by a couple of nuns, but they were not pushing God at this treatment center. But she got in; she did start um, um, getting introduced to that in Alcoholics Anonymous. And Kaylee, you were talking about step two and how you were feeling about the religious nature of AA, I think. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, I think when when I would go to meetings and I would go to a lot of meetings at the start, I always felt a bit uncomfortable um, with the God talk and the higher power talk. And particularly if there was a step meeting and it was on maybe step two or one mm-hmm. of those types of steps. And I just kind of swallowed it because I have spent my life in Catholic schools, you know, um, in Ireland, that's generally sure. where you end up going. And um, in convent boarding schools and stuff where, you know, you say the Lord's Prayer because you know it from when you're born nearly, you know, not because mm. it means anything to you, but it, it was just always there. So it wasn't completely foreign to me, but there was that feeling of, oh, okay, well, I'll just have to kind of block this part out. It's not yeah. for me, you know. Um, 
but, but I think where it really became um, tricky was when um, I finished aftercare. And once I finished aftercare, they said, OK, look, go get a sponsor now and, and go through the steps formally with somebody. Um, because, you know, if you're ever a sponsor down the line, you'll need to know how to mm-hmm. bring somebody through the book and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And that was basically the instructions I was given. And I said, OK, well, you know, I'm, I've been doing this suggested thing so far. I'm going to just keep doing them. Mm-hmm. So I got a sponsor. I got a, a woman I had known since I started um, in AA and... You know, we worked through the steps and the book and, you know, I, I really didn't like the book. Um, yeah. I, I spent my whole time going, well, that contradicts that and that right. contradicts that. But yeah, there's a lot I of contradictions. Want, in <laughs> there's a lot of it. And I was really uncomfortable. And this this lady who's a fantastic member, she would be a big fan of the book. And it, it, I just didn't have that enthusiasm. Yeah. And I did feel like I was arguing with her a lot. Um, more more so, I was looking for guidance and clarity. Like, how does this fit for me? Because uh, this is not speaking to me. You may as well be speaking Spanish, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I suppose initially, when, in the beginning of our working through the steps, it, you know, she would she would reassure me, look, it'll all become clear later. Don't worry about that now. And OK, that's fine. Let's keep going then. You know, I think by the time I got to step nine and mm-hmm. ten um it was a major issue and we were, we were both frustrated with each other you yeah. know um it was it was definitely she she i think felt oh god i'm failing this girl because she just uh-huh. doesn't get it and i was i was there going she just thinks i'm defiant and i really am and i just don't know how to do this because right. it doesn't make any sense to me and it got to the point where you know i was she was asking me well why are you here what what are you doing the steps for um and I couldn't answer her, you know, I couldn't answer her clearly. I had to really look at it. Mm. Um, I, I, I had to tell her that day, look, I hate the big book. And that's such a yeah. powerful statement yeah. to say to somebody who believes in it. Right. But I did, I really hated it. Um, and I, I mean, I read it cover to cover and I hated it. Right. Um, and I, and I said, I, I love the steps, the concepts of the steps, yeah. but this, the, the literal working of them, I cannot do that. Right. And I was called defiant and obstinate and what was that, uh, what else? Stubborn and right. self-willed and uh, told I, I would drink again. And, and I told her, well, look, I don't have a higher power either. I may as well tell you that now. I, I don't believe in any sure. of that. I'm sorry. And I think that was this, this, the, the point where we both looked at each other and said, you know what? I think we may just end this relationship because uh-huh. it's not in you know it's it's de- we're definitely not speaking the same language yeah. and, and and she was wasting her time I think with me but after that I I I went away and I I, I just said to my husband oh, I don't know what to do I want to get I want to stay sober yeah. I want to be in in the program I want to be in the fellowship because it's been really important to sure. me but do I just not fit now I felt like an alien or something yeah. and I I just felt really deflated and I was going what do I do you know, how do I make this work for me? Or, and, and I was looking, you know, Googling things and, and mm-hmm. trying to find out atheists and AA and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And of course, as you said before, when you Google it, you do find other groups that have mm-hmm. done this, this way. And, um, your own website and then AA Agnostica, the two of those in particular, I, I devoured them. Wow. I read, I read every article and listened to every podcast yeah. and, I, my husband came home from work one day and I'd just done a whole day of doing that and I was uh-huh. just to the brim of uh, atheist AA and I was just talking 90 miles an hour and he got, he said, Oh, well, at least you're more positive about it today. You, you know, I don't you're think not alone. A, yeah. I don't think he had a clue what I was talking about, but I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited. Um, and I, I emailed, uh, I can't even remember which one I emailed. Mm-hmm. It might have been yourself and it might have mm-hmm. been, um, another site. Mm-hmm. Is there any in Ireland? You know, who can I talk to in Ireland? Mm-hmm. And there was none. Yeah. So, uh, 
couple of people said, look, start one yourself, you know. Um, and I thought, oh, God, I don't know if I want that because of the controversy. I can already see the faces of the people who will fight me on this. Really? And I said, yeah. And I thought about it for a few days and I said, no, do you know what? I, I will do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll start online because somebody has to start it, you know. Um, and that's basically where we're at now. It's, it's We're at the very fledgling of the Irish one. And I've got a lot of support from mm-hmm. the Canadian and American groups Um, a couple of people in Australia and some people recently in the UK who, who've all done this already, who can mm-hmm. guide me, you know. And it's just been brilliant. Um, I hope, I suppose my main hope is just to build a community online. Um, right. we've, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, um, I have the website, but build a community there and hopefully set up, um, our first meeting within the next year or two, maybe, yeah. but definitely the next year. Um, even if it was a once a month meeting that you just, that complemented your other meetings. Um, but it was a free thinking, free thinkers meeting where sure. you could, you could maybe meet a sponsor of like mind eventually. Yeah. Um, that you mightn't have to be left in this position I was with a sponsor who just isn't, for, isn't for you, you know? Right. Um, and that's that's basically where we're at now. Hmm. Well, I can sure relate to um, your story and what you're experiencing with um, having difficulty identifying with the big book. Uh, my, I'm a little bit different, though, because I did go through the big book and, and play that game for a lot longer than, than probably I should have. But mm-hmm. I think I'm a lot older, too, though, now. But I remember when I were very, very first saw that book, I was actually excited about getting the book because I thought, this is what I need. I need a book that will show me what to do. So yeah, when, yeah. when I first opened it up, I was really kind of disappointed. First of all, that it was so old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> and then um, it never really, I mean, it never really gives you like clear cut, like this is what you do or whatever. It was always mm-hmm. these like stories. And it was like, it was like mystical in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think there was part of me that probably was kind of attracted to that mysticism or something. But I never really, I never really bought it, but I just kind of went along. But I can yeah. certainly understand how now. I mean, it's kind of sad in a way that 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 we're sticking with that book because um, there's a lot of people like you that are come out. They're going to read that book, and it just doesn't speak to you. It doesn't speak to mm-hmm. people of this day and age. Not everybody. I think. I think the thing is, if it works for you, then then it's the right thing to do. But it it's just it's not a blanket solution no. for every single person. And I think one of the things that that bugs me is, you know, you're not treated like an individual in AA and you are an individual person. You know, everybody sure. has their own set of beliefs and um core values that are ingrained, but addiction aside, they're ingrained in you. And you know, you can't you can't have a blanket thing that covers everybody, you know, any more than for any other disease. Um, you, you won't always get medicated the same way. It depends on That's the person, right. you know, and, and while I think that one of my, well, a close friend of mine, Leia, who is in his eighties and mm-hmm. he's very religious, you know, he's extremely spiritual. Um, but, but very open-minded, which is fantastic. But his thing is, you know, you use the program and the book and, and the steps and whatever attracts you, you just wear it like a loose garment, yeah. you know, and it, it's kind of the umbrella over which you get, um, you get well, but you do have to find your own authentic way through the program. Yeah. Um, and I loved that. I loved the fact that, you know, it's not a do it this way or you will die right. because that's, that's the message. Yeah. Um, that's the message you get here anyway. It is the message I've heard plenty of times and it's, it's, um, frightening. I mean, it's really frightening. And, and I think for a newcomer, I was around a little while before I did the steps. So maybe I had a better foundation. But if you were a newcomer and jumping in with a sponsor within, say, a month of coming in, that's, that's a lot to take on. You know, you're already in a mess and, and then you're being told, believe this or die. It, it's too much. No, you know? you're right. Mm. It totally is. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's really difficult for a, a person who's new, who's a non-believer, to look at the language of the book and the steps and somehow interpret them in a way that makes sense to me. I think it was easier for me after being sober for 25 years and then realizing I was a non-believer. It was much easier for me to go ahead and interpret those steps. But And also what you were saying, too, about there not just being one way, that is very, very true. Yeah. There was actually a study done. Um, it, it was a quite a, quite a, quite a huge study here in the United States about, um, treatment modes. And it's probably the last really big one that they had. It was called Project Match. And the whole idea of this is to find out what mode of treatment is most effective for, um, dealing with alcoholism and drug addiction. And they looked at, um, what they called 12 step facilitation treatment. They looked mm-hmm. at, um, cognitive behavioral therapy. And then they looked at, um, oh, some other thing. I can't remember what it was. Some kind of reward type of a, uh, of a treatment. And what they found was there is no one approach. There is no one approach for all people that you really have to tailor and mix and match for, for the person. And I think that's true in Alcoholics Anonymous too, that, you know, if there's anything that we have in common that works for us, it's the connection that we have with each other and being able to share experience and help each other. But what we, how we actually experience the steps, the program or whatever our recovery is really going to be um, dependent upon our own individual um, interpretation of it. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think that was the big thing with the treatment center I was lucky to go to uh, because I did no research on it. I just thought, okay, these guys will fix me. But I was really lucky because they were a 12 step um, uh, program, but they also um, they did CBT training. Um, mm-hmm. they were, they, they were very specific about which counselor you got. Um, I got a, a, a youngish guy and he, um, he was cross addicted as well. And he was very matter of fact and, you know, kind of, I don't know. I just, they just kind of seem to, to try and link you with the one who, who would most suit you based mm-hmm. on your attitude, your personality, you know, I suppose the addictions that you had. And it was a multifaceted approach, definitely. And it was, it, they, they did everything even from just how to look after yourself and eating, um, right up to, um, continuous recovery, uh, CBT training long term. Um, it was great. You know, there, there was, there was a lot in it and it didn't work for every, everyone that I was in the treatment center mm-hmm. with at the time. We, we all had different programs we were working on because it was kind of tailored to the person. And I loved that. I thought that, that for me definitely made, made a huge difference than if I had just gone to somewhere with, with group therapy and, and 50 people in the group every day, you know, yeah. I think that wouldn't maybe have had uh, as big an in- impact on me. Yeah. Um, or maybe I would, I just wouldn't be as well as I was, uh, so soon after, you know, um, I don't know. I, I don't really know, but I put a lot down to the fact that the way they actually ran that program, I, t- I, I do agree that, you know, it's, it's great to go to a meeting. I love, I actually do love meetings. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how spiritual they become. I love to go and speak to other alcoholics. Um, I love to just be there. And, and I always hear something in a meeting. Um, it could be from the most religious person who mm-hmm. just quotes the big book, but I'll hear one line that I can use and that's worth it to me, you know? Um, but, but you do, I, I end up picking things and then tailoring that to my own recovery. And I think you have to do that. You know, you can't just look at someone and carbon copy what they did. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work like that. You yeah. know, when I've talked to people in the UK, I was really kind of surprised that the meeting, the AA meetings there were so conservative that, um, and I, I, the way I see AA here in the United States is that, um, they, a lot of the people in Alcoholics Anonymous treat AA itself more of a religion. It's not really like AA is religious, but AA itself has kind of become, in other words, it's like you get like really stuck in this one way of having to do things a certain way. Is it kind, is it 
do you feel like it's kind of rigid like that in Ireland or is it what's it like? Um, well, I think look, I think it's probably the same on a smaller scale. We're a smaller country, but right. you know, I, one of my one of my friends in AA, he's lived in San Francisco for sixteen years. He's back here now, and he was saying. You know, America is really free thinking, and and America, uh, the, it's easy to get a secular meeting in in America. You mm-hmm. can, you know, and and I said, yeah, but you lived in San Francisco. You know, maybe right. it's more likely in a city, or yeah. you know, maybe not so much if you lived in Minnesota. This right. is just my my interpretation yeah, of the states. By right. the way, I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> it's very similar here. I live in the middle of the country, and it's it's um you know. We're a very old Catholic country, but, but right. I have gone to meetings in Dublin and there's LGBT meetings and mm-hmm. women's meetings and all sorts of groups in Dublin that are, that are, uh, I suppose specialists, they call mm-hmm. them, but I, I know they don't like that word, but whatever. Um, but you know, that, that, that are tailored to people, um, who maybe don't quite get what they need from a traditional meeting. And there's a lot more of an open way of talking about, um, your, your, the program you're on or recovery you're on. Now, of course, you still get people who are very, very um religious or very much about the god and the higher power and that's fine mm-hmm. but it's it, in in the midlands it seems to all be like that okay. um, and and sort of the further west you go it seems to be like that the smaller communities and yeah. you know i think i think it's probably similar in the states it kind of it depends is. where you are yeah. true it very is much yeah. very much like that that's how it is yeah. here uh i'm in kansas city which is a pretty pretty good sized city but out, yeah. when you get out into the suburban areas or if you get out into um the country and the smaller towns it gets a lot more a little bit more rigid, a little bit more religious, I guess. Um, and it, but here in Kansas City, it's, it's pretty liberal, and we're pe- people pretty open minded. Um, and we were, our meeting was very much accepted when we started out. We didn't really have too much of a problem with That's people. That's great. So. Good stuff. Well, I, I actually, I went to Australia recently. I was in a meeting in this tiny town in the bush, and there was five people there. And only one person was Australian. We were all from all over the place. Oh, and it was funny. the most secular meeting I ever went to. It was really, really good. And I didn't know that's what it was at the time. But I realized afterwards, actually, that's what these guys are. Um, uh, but it was it was really cool. You know, the guy from Alabama there and he was um, he was just fantastic. I can't even explain this guy. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have just bottled him. He was fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, it was it was so funny. You know, I would have expected that to be much more rigid, much more big yeah. book. Um, and that's how it would be in Ireland in a smaller meeting. You'd mm-hmm. be more likely to be stuck on that, that program. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's funny. I, I just, you know, you never know what you're going to get. I think, I think you just can't assume that anywhere is anywhere. But, um, yeah, it, it is, it is very traditional here. I mean, I did get onto when I was setting up the, the website and I wanted to do it the right way. I, I got onto intergroup here and mm-hmm. the GSO and, you know, I, I spoke to lovely people and everything, but, um, you know, they were very, very clear that, you know, we'll never list you. And I said, really? okay. Well, I was I wasn't asking to be listed. I wow. kind of knew that, but they were very clear on the fact that I could not be listed. Oh my um, god! And I, but I just wanted to say, well, am I doing anything wrong here? And they said, no, you can call yourself AA if you want. Oh. Okay, I will. But you know, it was they were very very clear that that they wow. would not back Did me they at say all. Why? It was, um, no, not really. I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think now. I, I think I was just kind of taken aback that I didn't ask why. Yeah, Actually, I should have asked why. That's but funny. I was really taken aback because I hadn't asked to be listed, but that was what they wanted to make sure I knew. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, so it's crazy. And, and there was war, uh, talk as well about the fact that they want to delist the LGBT meeting. That's been oh, huge in Dublin. Man. And I, I did oh, no. ask why. I did ask why for that. And apparently they don't. Um, they don't want to have any set specialist meetings listed. So maybe ah. that's the same vein as what mm. they're thinking about for, for me. But you look. Um, yeah. So it's funny, you know. It's it's it's. You talk to lovely, friendly people, but you're 
put in your place pretty quickly, you know. Um, it's a you strange know, sort I of setup. I put you in touch with um, this person I met in Iceland. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, his name's Frosty. And he, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. He, he called me. He said, yeah, I'm from, I, my name's Frosty. I'm from Iceland. And yes, my name is really Frosty. And I'm really from Iceland. <laughs> sure. It's not a prank call. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> but anyway, he's pretty cool. But he was started. He started a meeting in Iceland in Reykjavik. I saw that listed actually, and I thought mm-hmm. this is cool. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But he had a hard time with um, getting his meeting listed. They did not want to freaking do it. And and, mm. and and what they were doing with him is they were like um, just stalling him. You know, they would never give him an answer. You know, and right. Kept, so they oh, wouldn't say no, but right. they wouldn't actually we'll do anything. We'll get back yeah, to yeah. you. We'll get back to you. And then finally, mm. I think just recently, they got him listed now on their on their site. But I thought that's really weird. I thought you know. Um, but so yeah, I should I should uh, connect you with him somehow. <laughs> Definitely, I see how he managed it in the end. <laughs> yeah. But how did he convince them? Tell you that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny, but uh, that's kind of a battle for another day. At the yeah, moment, exactly. I suppose we're just, you know, let's get set up here. And, yeah. and if it takes off, okay, we'll look at that later on. When I have a bit of an army, we might look at that. There you go. So how yeah. are you doing? Are you getting people that are um, contacting you and, and, and joining oh. your community? Well, yeah, actually, uh, yesterday I got my first email through the website and I was so excited. Cool. I mean, you'd think it was my birthday and... This lady, um, she contacted me. What can I do? I really want to get involved and do something. Mm-hmm. So I've been speaking to her through email and hopefully Great. we'll meet up. But, you know, if we meet up, that's technically the first meeting as far there as I'm go. concerned. That's right. And, You're uh, absolutely right. It is. Oh, look, it's just, it's, it's exciting. I've got the, the Facebook page is up and a few of the members from my home group or I've added them to it. I got great response on uh-huh. my home group on Thursday night. Good. Um, they were fantastic. I asked, look, look, you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm a bit nervous to bring this up, but can we get a vote? Could I, would it be okay to put literature here? Mm-hmm. And it was unanimously supportive. I was really, really chuffed with it. Um, I mean, they're all good people, but I was all, I was always a little bit worried that somebody might, you know, have a problem with it, you know, and I didn't want it to be a battle or anything like that. Yeah. So I was really, really pleased with that. And, um, so I've got literature coming. And I mean, this is so exciting. I got to design the literature. I'm very, very design now. You know, it's uh-huh. great. <laughs> I'm an expert. Um, no, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's fun. So we've got a small group there. Um, and Twitter is kind of more, there's more people following on Twitter, but not so much from Ireland, but it's there, you know, and, and I just have to keep it active and, Hopefully, with more people coming on, and um, they will, they, it will start will to grow. That's find the, you. They will absolutely yeah. find you. And yeah. a good thing to do is the, is blogging too, because that way it'll put your put you out there on the internet more and more. And um, you got some really great stuff on the site, by the way. Yeah, I think I've stolen most of that. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I've still, I have, I've gotten so much inspiration from the other sites. You know, the really established ones like your uh-huh. own and. You know, I just I'm I'm sharing it. I to be honest, what I'm trying to do now is 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 to to show other people that this is not a new concept. That's and, right, it's not. And, and that's the thing because people kind of look at you with a blank face when yeah. you say this. We can't do that. This, what what are you talking Isn't that about? Funny? I'm not starting. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I'm I'm not starting this from scratch. There right. are thousands of people who do it this way. Yep. You know, this is just something you haven't heard of in this country that's yet. Right. So that's that's cool. You know, and and I suppose that's what it is. I, I I'm trying to share. Um, the, the, the evidence, I suppose, that this is an ongoing, this is a community already worldwide. Yeah. And this is what we're just trying to achieve over here. And, you know, kind of get it in, in the, in the back of people's minds that this exists, you know, exactly. and it's, it's successful as well as the main thing as well. And, um, it really is. Yeah. yeah. It's growing. I think it's probably one area of AA that is actually growing. You know, we're, sure, all these I, I'm not that are surprised. Starting. 
I'm not surprised. I mean, you think about the people coming into AA today and if they're lucky, you know, they're in their late twenties or early thirties and, you know, that kind of generation, of course, you're going to have people who still have belief, but, Mm -hmm. but less and less. And I think a lot more people question it. Um, and you, you do, you do need to have the extra arm here, but there are many ways that you can work a program in AA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the message that I hated hearing was this is the only way. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a dangerous message to give out. It's, it it's, a, it's damaging. And I just wonder like, how many people I've seen so many newcomers come in just since I came in and I've never seen them again. And I just wonder, okay, well, there could be many reasons why they didn't come back. But right. if that was a particularly God related meeting, yeah. I would run for the hills too. Yeah. I would think, oh, I'm in a cult. I got to get out of here. Um, if you're of that kind of way of thinking, you would just want to run. And I, you can't blame them. No. If you, you know, and I think as well, you know, it's, we have a responsibility, like every person in AA, to pass the message. And that means you have to pass it in various ways. That there, there, there are many ways to do this. Um, I think, you know, if someone was to come to me and ask me to be their sponsor and they only spoke French, uh, it would be irresponsible of me to walk them through the program because I can't relate. You know, I can't pass Good a message point. to somebody who doesn't understand my language. It's the same if you're a big book person and and you've someone who's a complete atheist who just can't mm-hmm. understand what you're saying. If you don't speak the same language, does that mean this person is doomed? No, it really, it really doesn't. Um, you need to. St- we need to start having an avenue that you can direct these people to to continue to get help, and that's step twelve. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So you're pretty comfortable now with uh, the program for yourself? I'm definitely more comfortable lately. Yeah. I mean, I'm much more hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I am still kind of nervous. I'm, I'm nervous about the reaction the wider community in Ireland is going to have to this if it does take off, right. even just in my local towns, if we just take it to this county. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of controversy about other groups um, before, and I've, I've seen the passion that goes there. And Mm-hmm. I'm really not a fighter, you know, but but I I wanted to I really want to just keep it really respectful that this is just another arm. It's not anything. It's not a threat. Right. There's nothing, you know. It's 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 just another way for people to get well, and really that's all it is. And I think that com- that message might be difficult to get across to certain groups, but that's that's you know it's bit by bit really. You know, we'll get there. We were disconnected again, so we're going to pick up where we just left off, and I believe that we were talking about. There was some, uh, uh, oh, going, starting, starting out in Ireland, um, understanding that there could be some resistance. And Kaylee, you're not a fighter and you just want to I'm show not- people that, hey, this is just another way of doing it. We're not a threat. Um, and I think that that's a good approach. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think really my, my, what's in the back of my mind all the time is that, okay, this is, this is new to Ireland, say. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's not a new concept, but it's, it's quite foreign to to a lot of the, the traditional meetings here. Sure. And for for a long time, I might be the only representative of it. I need to make sure that this is. Um, I don't want it to be something that causes arguments. I don't want it to me to me and the group to be a symbol of dissent. You know, I don't want it to be associated with that. So I, my own behaviour um, in how I promote this is very important to me um, because, you know, I suppose I'm not here to convince anybody else God yeah. doesn't exist. I'm just here to say, look, there's another way to do it. Um, so that's kind of the, the responsibility I'm trying to keep um, in mind the whole time, you know. Um, 
because I could easily go in with all guns blazing, but I'm yeah. not really sure what that would what what that would achieve. I think that would yeah. do more damage than good, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think you're right. I um, actually, when we were first starting out here, I thought that I was going to have a fight, but it turned out that everybody here was just loving and accepting, and there was no problem, you know. <laughs> so um, good. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought, okay, um, I just wanted to be just be a good AA citizen. So our group got kind of active with just the local. AA community and trying to work, you know, with other people in AA. And, yeah. and that was just, I think, the best way to go. And and people, anyone who was skeptical of us, they, I think that skepticism started falling by the wayside after they saw that, you know, we're, we're alcoholics too. And we're just, uh, we're working the program maybe a little bit different than them, but, you know, we're yeah. just equal with them as AA goes. Yeah. And I think after a while, people just start to, to see the similarities rather than the differences, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that, that's really reassuring. I'm glad to hear that, that you had such success that way with it. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. Hmm. So I think that you're, I think you're off to a good start. I think that, um, this will be going to be a lot of fun to watch, watch, uh, this unfold over the next, uh, few years. And yeah, I admire your enthusiasm too. That's what's, that's what I like to see when these groups are starting off is how ex- the excitement about it. I, I got the same sense in Iceland when they were starting their group. They were very excited at getting that thing going. That's good. That's really good. I have to speak to that frosty guy. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's fantastic. It is. It's very encouraging, but I mean, I've had a lot of guidance from, from the established groups already. Um, and I think that's what made me feel like, okay, this is possible. You can, we can do this. You know, I can just look at their own template and what they did and their own experiences and ask, I can ask for help too. If I do get in, into a difficult situation that I don't know how to manage, yeah. pe- people have already been there, done that, which is great, you yeah. know, so it's brilliant. Mm. That's actually pretty interesting. I think about, um, our communities because we're so connected online that if mm-hmm. you do start having problems and you do, and you, you, there's all kinds of resources that you have of people who've already been through that and people who know others in all these different countries that I, I think that you'll be, you'll have a lot of support when you, when you get going. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And, and I'm really grateful as well that, that it's today that I'm in AA, not 50 years ago, because yeah. how much harder would it have been? You know, I think the online community has opened up so much more um, that I would have never have known that there was secular meetings anywhere else, you know, 50 years ago. Um, and, and now it's just so easy. I put a question up on one of the Facebook pages and literally 10 minutes later, three or four people have answered it for me. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. You know, people have already been there, had the issue and solved it fantastic yep. you just can't get that kind of thing anywhere else yeah mm. well kaylee I, I i think that this has been a nice uh, conversation i thank you very much for uh agreeing to to do this thanks so much for asking me john it's been brilliant oh it's been fun yeah thank you very much and uh have a good day out there we'll, we'll be posting this i have it scheduled for march the 15th i give myself plenty of time now which is kind of nice that's right, just get... in time for Paddy's Day. That That's right. Good. It'll be St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that'll be that'll be appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. We'll grab all the new alcoholics. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you very right. much. Thanks so much, John. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it for another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back soon enough with another episode for your listening pleasure. Until then, don't drink, go to meetings, and help others.